Hi, Nick. Hi, Caleb. Oh, wait. Actually, <laughs> can, we, can we start back over? I, uh, oh, man. No. I don't know. We can't start back over. <laughs> well, you can, well, you can cut this part. I thought I had, I thought I had one. We might have to, I don't, ha- you, you know what? Actually, why don't, why don't you just do it? I don't want to do the joke. You do the joke. That's your thing. Like, <laughs> well, I don't, you I, start the joke. You, you're the one who takes time to prepare this and I didn't have any time to prepare it and I don't want to do it. Uh, okay. But this time, since I couldn't think of anything, maybe you should do it. You're saying that like, like it would be fair. Because you've done so many for yes. me to take one turn putting in the effort to come up with like a funny joke to start our award winning podcast. What I'm saying is, Nick, if you could just come up with like one joke for our podcast, <laughs> <laughs> if, well, if I could stop uh, making all of the okay, funny jokes okay, for like a second, okay, I could start. I could start now. I okay, could, I could start trying to be funny now. Okay, so let's uh, uh, let's just try. So like, okay, give me one second. Okay, okay, okay yeah. Uh, see okay. if you can I come think, up with one. Okay, let me think about things that Sonic says. That I can make a joke out of. Hey, Nick. Yeah, wait, wait, one second. What? I'm waiting. I think I think in the business uh, they call that one a gotum. Yeah. <laughs> that was a serious gotum. That was a that was one of the top three gotums. <laughs> Welcome to our gotum recap show, <laughs> where we talk about all the gotums that oh. got got. <laughs> uh, you really got me. Yeah, you really got me. I'm not gonna fall. I'm not gonna take this bait. I know that th- I know. There's a whole thing where we sing every time what you mention any song. I'm not gonna do it this time. You really got me. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. That was fine. I still maintain my pride, but I still got to hear it at least. Yeah, we got. Yeah. So, oh hey, how's it going? Hi everybody. Hi everybody. I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt, and I'm Nick Splendor. And, and you're this is, oh wait, this, why did I do it wrong? I'm and well, I'm that's how your. We, t- I'm the show. And and this and, is the show. And this is the show. Your two show. Your two show. Um, this is, <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it on the first take. That was really really great. Got this em. was a this is a Sonic. This has been. It's over. This has been. Uh, this was. <clears throat> Uh, welcome to a Sonic fan cast, the best one you've ever heard, starting now. <laughs> wow. Congratulations and welcome to the future. Mm-hmm. Some futures are bad. They call those dystopias. This is a good future. It's called a, a plustopia. A plustopia. What happened to me? A, <laughs> a plustopia. <laughs> welcome, welcome to this plustopia. You know, actually, you know what? Yeah. It's a utopia because this is really about you. Aww. Mm-hmm. This is about you, the listener. Utopia. <laughs> Your taupe show. Your taupe show. It is your to- your taupe show now because the taupe bat is back. Oh, that little bat rat Back mouse for a cat. recap. So, yeah, okay, that's obviously the most important thing in this the episode. The most so important we'll thing that happened is that instead, like, put down your hats, put down your pencils, everybody. The test is over. The taupe bat is back. He's back and he doesn't <laughs> have any wings and I don't know why we ever did bat. He looks more like a kitty, but the- what's funny is that you 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 thought I said bat, but I didn't. I said bad. You said the first time oh, I said, said he's a taupe <laughs> rabbit bad. <laughs> Frights into dreams is back, or as I like to call him, Toper Grace. <laughs> 
So Tober Grace in this episode pops up again for a second, and that was very satisfying. We got to see him have real eyes. We got to keep. We got a new watch to look out for because that wasn't Mobo Dune. This guy, it's that's either a type of creature that's going to recur, and there aren't that many recurring creatures in this show. That's true. Like this episode had a ton of new animals, Mm -hmm. a ton of new people to see, except that it also had the same old gray weirdo <laughs> that dude from, from mobo, mobo dune, dune. <laughs> yeah i maybe he just followed them he just came with them and was like well hey maybe existing for more than one day out of every four years would be pretty chill yeah he snuck out through the gate he's yeah. like oh wait these people kind of look like me they look more, more what if there's like a like a like a subplot going on where that person is their like secret sibling yeah and they're trying to find out where they came from should we clarify for people that we're talking about sonic underground episode eight Maybe he played the accordion. <laughs> Maybe he played the accordion, and their mom disowned him for it. No, 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 no. We previously, <laughs> previously, we thought he wasn't going to save the world because he was so ugly. But it turns out it's because he was born with an accordion in his mitts, which makes a lot more sense because it's not fair. It's not fair to judge someone based on their looks, but it is fair to judge them based on what instrument they are forced to learn as a child. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, we try to keep we try to keep a nice show here, a nice your two show. Uh, if you play the accordion during this podcast, uh, <laughs> there the, no profit has ever come from playing the accordion, except for Weird Al, our truest prophet. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about profit too, but I was gonna go like holy with it. I don't know about Weird Al as the prophet. He is the prophet. He tells the truth when no one else can see it he hears the secret words inside of all songs oh yeah you know what most songs are 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 broadcast to the people with cover words on them so that you cannot hear their true intent that's a really good subliminal but weird al weird weird alfred yankovic reveals the true nature of all songs by holding up the mirror to it the mirror of nature yeah if not for weird al how else would we ruin every song Because, like like all human relationships, communication is only safe when it is sanitized and 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 uh, covered up with cl- cl- muddled intent. He, hmm, this is mm, we've learned a lot. He, he did. He took an he took a Backstreet Boys song or an Insync song and made it about ordering things on eBay. Like I don't have I don't have time for this. I don't have time to talk about Weird Al anymore. On this. But that's what it is. It's about commercialism. It's about you know. Let's get back. It's hey, jazz, baby. It's jazz, baby. And and all the words are real. So this is a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog fan cast. This is a Sonic the Hedgehog fan cast. It's actually not about Weird Al at all, it turns out. And we are talking about an episode called Underground Masquerade, which is episode eight of Sonic Underground. That's right. Um, I'm going to cut us off here and do a quick... Uh, Please. Information dump about what happened in this Please episode. Please do. Thank you. So, uh, oh, tax collectors. Taxes again. Welcome back to taxes, everybody. It's tax season once more. It's always tax season somewhere. You know, my birthday is tax day. <laughs> so I have like a I have like a really heartfelt connection to tax season. And so this episode really connected with me on that level, on like a tax level. Because whereas most people are just experiencing the relief of like the anxiety of like, well, at least if I'm going to jail, it's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. You instead have the like, I'm never going to jail. I'm going to live forever. Birthday again. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I bet in uh, Robotropolis, it's my birthday every day. <gasps> well, they sure do collect a they lot of taxes. They sure do. Yeah. Um, so in this episode, Dingo and Sleet are collecting taxes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Dingo and Sleet are collecting taxes. And uh, this guy, Max, who is maybe like a fox or something, he sees them collecting taxes and sees that they have a golden uh, hood ornament. Yeah. 
And he decides he's going to steal it. Robotnik in flight, with his finger pointing outward into the future. Uh-huh. The most majestic Robotnik. Mm-hmm. The most majestic little Andrew Ryan Robotnik statue. It is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Max does a series of complicated flips and stunts and steals the... <laughs> trophy starts running away from dingo and sleet he jumps into the sonic underground's van and uh the three of them are like what are you doing here yeah he says we gotta go and they say why are we gonna help you and then dingo and sleet come up uh the sonic underground decides hey the enemy of the enemy of the enemy of the enemy (laughs) is my friend are chasing you you're all right with me compadre which is like the first of seven Spanish words they use in this episode all of a sudden. Well, Sonic's... No, Sonic has They've been saying Spanish words yeah. for a long time, yeah. and it's very interesting and strange. Yep. Is it just like a... Like, is that just a perceived coolness thing, I wonder? Maybe so. I mean, maybe... I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't... I, it's like... It, it's fine, but it's a little bit jarring almost it's, every time. Maybe because yeah. of me. Maybe because of my biases. I don't want to be biased, but I hear another language, and I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> what did he just say? I wonder if Sonic... I wonder if Sonic has any like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, like what what is the history of Sonic and the Spanish language? The Wh- weird thing about it is we don't see anybody speaking actual Spanish ever. That's true. And so it's where did he learn it? Anyway, I don't know. uh rest uh, of this <laughs> recap. So he um he joins up with them. They meet a bunch more of this like underground network of kids who all play instruments, including the accordion, which Sonya hates yes. so 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 much. Yes. Um and they make the decision that they're going to get all of these boys to come help them play a show for... Mm-hmm. At the Duke's Ball? At the, the Duke's, Duke's Ball. The Duke's Masquerade Ball? It's unclear why the Sonic Underground wants to be there in the first place. Right. It seems like maybe they just have a gig. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's what it seems like. There, There's no, like, ulterior motive until one is given to them. Yes. Like, uh, as Dingo and Sleep concoct a plan. And this is when this episode takes a dive for the, like, obscenely complicated... The deeply weird. So... Basically, I guess to I'll I'll follow one of the threads. Yeah. So Dingo and Sleet decide that they're going to disguise Dingo as a kid, and then he's going to have a chip implanted in his ear <laughs> that allows Sleet to tell him everything to say because yeah. Dingo is not smart enough to maintain a disguise for a long time. Apparently not. And so Sleet has to be both of them yes. for a while. Uh, Sleet helps Dingo trick Manic into stealing a single coin and shutting down the security on the way to do so. Uh-huh. So that Sleet and Dingo can steal taxes uh, for themselves right. without having to give them to Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Which is like... so <sighs> the, <laughs> It's a lot. And at the same time, the Sonic Underground decides that they're going to let these orphans join their band in the hopes that the Duke, after seeing them play really well, will decide to give them homes, which he does. Yeah. And... <laughs> Because Manic, they they meet these kids, and Manic's like, oh, no, this really reminds me of when I lived on the streets and takes me back to my youth when I was a thief. And then they're like, well, but these kids shouldn't grow up as thieves. They should grow up with good homes. Yeah. Uh, uh, And all it takes is for them to, like, play a good show and go, oh, these aren't garbage people from the streets. They're beautiful children with a musical education. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's so, super weird. So the episode does not end there. So Manic steals a single coin, uh, which then leads him to get sent to jail when the robots do a pat down to see if any of the hedgehogs have stolen from the Duke. Yep. Uh, then Sonic, no, Max, uh-huh. this is what happened. This is what this episode was like. Max took a video camera that he found on the ground. He found a... a, 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 a if- <laughs> He found, a, he, <laughs> he found he found a video camera in the trash next to where 
Sleet and Dingo were repeatedly transforming Dingo back and forth from a child to a to a dog man. And laughing. And going, ah, our trick was very good. What a good trick we did together. Isn't it amazing <laughs> that that guy is in jail and we stole the money? And <laughs> let me just, I don't know if the camera got this yet. Let me turn him back yeah, and forth and yeah. back. Um, so Max records this. They see that Max has recorded it. Uh, they chase after him. Sonic, now knowing for sure that Manic didn't do it, breaks Manic out of jail, but then still has to frame them using the video in front of the police. Sonny says, oh no, but since we busted Manic out, the police are going to come. And Sonic's like, that was my plan, sis. And then they lead the cop bots to the tunnel where Sleet and Dingo are. And then, yeah, play the footage as a projector so that these silent police robots are like, oh well, I guess it must have been them. (laughs) So then... (sighs) So then the police robots capture Dingo and Sleet, and the episode is over. Yeah. With Sleet and Dingo saying, Sleet saying, how would we deal with Robotnik on this? Like, how would we convince Robotnik we didn't do a bad job or something? Like, just really, and and not answered. The question is not answered. And then we cut back to uh, uh, our our kids, our beautiful Sonic children. Our beautiful boys and girls. Our beautiful boys and girls saying... Oh, well, now we definitely, definitely have all learned that stealing is wrong. For sure this time. I know we were talking about how stealing was cool, or like it's cool to be good at stealing, but it's wrong, but maybe we're going to do it anyway. No, no. For now, for definitely for now, not going to come up again in any other future episodes. It's resolved. Stealing is bad. Children have homes. And it's time to juice and jam. They do juice and jam. And... Well, so here's here's the, here's my first question, um, and sorry if that recap was confusing because the episode it, was also just kind this of one a was mess. a mess. So, first of all, yeah, the first hint that something was going to be very wrong with okay. this plot occurred to me when Sonya said that one of the reason you you didn't steal is because then you would get arrested. Mm. Assuming these these cop robots are under the control of Robotnik, which they definitely are, uh-huh. then you they should already not care about the legal system, right? That is true. And like in this episode, they Manic kind of lets himself get cuffed at a certain yeah. point. He's like, "Oh no, I really did something wrong," even though he didn't. And then they're 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 like, "Okay, we're gonna arrest all the hedgehogs." And Sonic says a true thing about almost everyone, which is, "I think we could do a lot more good outside of jail." Yeah, that so. And, but but anyway, their, no, their that sentence. No, let's let's focus on that because yeah. that sentence being dropped in the middle of this episode was actually very cool. It was impactful. Like yeah. it hit me like, oh yeah, that's true. I agree with that. It's a weird. It's a weird and complicated message to send children. Yeah, because it is hard. But I mean, we've already kind of covered that this show is definitely trying to do some complicated messages about politics it and is about government but it's it's obviously not perfect about it and it's a little bit complicated because i thought a lot about your point from last from our last conversation mm-hmm. about uh sonic the sonic underground um accidentally or incidentally propping up the aristocracy yeah and it, manic and max or or just max and, and the other kids are gonna steal from they're stealing jewels right off of various aristocrats in the street, and Sonic stops them, takes the jewels back, and gives them back to the aristocrats. And oh, I think these belong to you. Like the aristocrats, who technically they're trying to save, but technically are also facilitating the tyranny that oppresses them. Yeah, he's like, we can't take from them, and I get that, but I also don't get that. 
it's it's interesting and complicated because manic manic has a a really like very clear philosophy of i will even steal yeah if it means helping the resistance yeah he says i'll do anything for the resistance mm-hmm. um but the rest of them don't have quite that clear cut and i so uh, for example we know that a huge portion of this money is going to be given directly to uh robotnik yeah and then used yep and so if it's stolen from the duke and then used right but but the, but the consequence is that the Duke is still going to be made to pay taxes, which is yes. going to deplete the rest of his reserves. And they are still they are still friends with the Duke. Like mm-hmm. they still like these people and they yes. aren't necessarily bad people. This is the, the I guess the root of this is that they're being extorted. Yes. So we we can't 100 percent blame the aristocrats in this circumstance. Because they are being coerced. And we like, have they must pay or else they will be punished. They will have their the rest of their stuff taken away. Like they're trying to str- walk this tightrope and strike this middle ground. It's not a super PAC. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's blackmail. Well, so we know there at least was a super PAC though. And that's yeah, the yeah. situation we know that he got his influence and power directly from nobility giving it to him. I was wondering about that because the first thing the show the first scene of the show is that montage of like the giant nose ship coming in and, and gassing everything and turning yes. it into robots. Did that, was that something, did Robotnik come in and take over and set up this situation where everybody has to pay tribute to him or be roboticized? Yeah. Or was his takeover facilitated by the, the aristocrats. I, I, I'm not clear on that. So let's assume, I don't know a lot, we don't know a lot about Robotnik. True. But what this show seems to suggest and what we've seen seems to su- suggest is that his main power is that he's probably a genius, like a, yeah. like a, like a technical genius. Like he can, cr- he can engineer robots. He's created a machine that can turn bio- biology into robots. He has a machine that can turn biology into robots. I'm not convinced that Robotnik is the source of that technology. So where that's what I'm saying is I where don't know else would it have come from? Right. The the idea is that he introduced these like this like the fact that this became a robot place was because of him. Well he's a blustering bully and he could have taken that technology from somewhere else. I mean I don't know. I'm just I, I'm I'm averse to the notion that Dr. Robotnik is like an actual doctor. Like I, I don't see, think I, he has a doctorate. I didn't even think about that. I think he does. No, I think that makes him a lot more interesting and scary. Okay. If, if the, like, yes, he is not good with people. Yeah. And we've seen that. But it actually makes a lot of sense if he hasn't had to be because he's created these really, really incredible. Okay. Right. Inventions. Yeah. So he is a, do- like, in the, he is the doctor who makes these robots. Yeah. And he has apparently, like, partially roboticized himself, maybe, or something is going, we don't know what his deal is exactly. He, but but he, he's, he's, he, that's, that's his tool, and then he's used the roboticizer that he created to like, co- like to coerce everyone else into like subjugation. Yes, right? okay. it's it's that I could throw you into a machine that would definitely subjugate you, yeah. or you could just act subjugated, and yeah. then you know, like it. You can self censor and pay your taxes and like shut up, and still be yourself. Yes, or I can turn you into a robotic slave. What he's allowing yeah. people is the opportunity to feel rich, which mm. I think is interesting. He's not he's not giving them any more actual freedom. Right. But he's allowing them to continue to feel like they are a noble class mm-hmm. um, by not turning them into robots and allowing them to walk around wearing their finery. Right. So he has ultimately only given them 
the ability to hold on to that, the ability to hold on to the idea that they are better than others. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. That is very interesting. And he is still extracting vo- value from them. Like if, mm-hmm. if he, he's in a bind because if he turned everybody into robots, there would, they would not competently fulfill whatever their roles were before. Yeah. He still has to strike a balance where that's a form of punishment for most people, mm-hmm. but he, ne- he needs them to be, I think, human uh, or, anim- you know, humanoid to, to, um, to keep, to, to keep extracting all these gold bars and everything from them. Like, That's the God complex, right? It's the same thing as uh, God's philosophy that it is not worth being God unless your followers are choosing, right? Ah, uh, interesting. That if everybody was a robot and they just were 100% doing what he wanted, right. it would not be as fun or as satisfying. Right, he would as, have no one to bully. Right, they have to have a semblance of free will yeah. and in some sense be choosing him yeah. or it just doesn't work. And, and, and people like narcissistic megalomaniacs do have to have the sense that people really do like them. Yes. Like they don't like getting made fun of on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. They don't like a bad picture of them circulating. Yes. They are like, no, I'm, you're supposed to like me because I'm the best. Yeah. And Robotnik definitely has that kind of like, he changes his, uh, his, his mannerisms depending on who he's talking to. If he's talking to more noble people, he speaks in a more noble way. If he's talking to Sleet and Dingo, he treats them like garbage. But, that's their relationship and it's a way of either way he's exerting power mm-hmm. right and he and is kind of dealing with them on their own terms such that yeah he feels like accepted and and powerful yeah what if uh <laughs> so what if it's not i i don't know it's hard for me to fathom what he promised the nobility that had them help him in the first place other than just like other than a seat I will, at the table, I guess. A seat at the table, and I will not roboticize you. Yeah, <laughs> but, oh, but, geez, but I don't the know. only but the only reason he has the muscle to do that, right, are the swap bots, which had to have been created using funding. So it's a uh, we don't know where he started. Yes. yes, did he sweep into Mobotropolis with an army already or with mm-hmm. some amount of forces? He he had the or did we don't know? Yeah, yeah. We know he has factories now. Mm. We know there's a, a lot of stuff that he does have. He could have made money. Uh, as an inventor originally, like creating technology or yeah. things like that, like yep. a, a it, Bill Gates gone bad figure. Uh huh. Um, I wonder if, I mean, uh, having mostly just played through Sonic One, like it's he ha- there are like huge factories and there's a city that he controls or whatever, and like yeah. all these animals have been trapped in robot bodies, but we don't know from whence. Yeah, we don't know what the circumstances otherwise, other than he is apparently trying to be in charge and make robots and that's about all we got (laughs) well so that's actually an interesting parallel is that even down to his like simplest uh expression of self in the first game which is those robots that you fight Mm -hmm. even down to those they are a robot that is at core something that's still alive yeah which is what the roboticizer is doing to people yep and is i think it lines up well with what he wants the world to look like yeah which is the thing that does whatever he wants but at heart is still uh, like a living, free-thinking thing. Right, yeah. So even at the like most micro and the most macro, he's got this philosophy of like the ultimate expression of of anything should be that it's doing what I want it to do. Interesting. But uh, that can't exist without some sort of... Like, does he need biology for his technology to even work? And that's interesting. Yes. And, and it seems like that might be partly the case or yeah. that, as we sort of said about that, like that Alina's uh, uh, Argus that got yes. turned into a robot that yeah. like 
yes, a, the the more powerful robots need to have already been like capable people already. Yeah, and that the SWAT bots, which are not very sophisticated, may be fully automated, like fully created, but they are not very smart. Yeah. So the the, the intellect and the consciousness, kind of that technology. Uh, they are not Westworld yet. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are just trapping sentient beings in these bodies. Well, I mean, we don't know. If well, we not don't. What Westworld is? Doing. <laughs> we don't know for sure. That's right. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. Guess we will have already found out. Um, the um, I don't know, but but it's I I think that's super interesting to to say that like whether or not he needs to turn people into robots, he wants to. Like it's a and it is a form of, it, it, but that he also recognizes that it's a form of punishment. Yeah, like it's this weird and that whole. There's a lot that that could still be done in an interesting way that was really highlighted when when Lady Windermere was shown mm-hmm. as a robot. It's just this like psychological warfare yeah. of being served by the robotic husk of your former friend mm-hmm. or family. Like that is horrific. It's terrible. It's very terrifying. And and the, even that is probably, that probably gets at the heart of where Robotnik's power comes from. Because if he's done that to even a few people, and we know that he has, all the other aristocrats have got to be like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. do not let that happen to me. And I can't believe you did that. And this hurts me every time I see it. But and I don't want to be that. And I don't want that to happen to my kids. Like, I don't want that to happen to my family. Like. So we're looking at a situation like the aristocrats in the last episode yeah. uh, where we have a lot of people sitting around hoping something changes. Mm-hmm. So, th- and that's, that's what it is, is they are, they are functioning within the system and trying to stay alive as best they can. Being afraid of consequences for themselves or those closest to them while right. avoid. Yeah. But not being willing to take this step toward change. Uh, yeah. And so, but w- what the show is trying to paint maybe in a positive way is that w- the people that the Sonic underground interact with, uh, tend to adopt their philosophy tend to agree that oh okay you guys are coming from a place of like uh pretty clear morality like you are moral driven right but you are trying to at least for now get rid of robotnik yeah that said we are seeing an increasing amount of evidence like you said that the kind of world that they would go back to creating are a world in which the three of them are very privileged yeah and that there lies in that some uh, uncomfortable uh, ramifications for the future. Yeah, with Sonic Underground, definitely conflicts of interest, perhaps. Right, that they are, they are, tr- they are convincing all these people to join them in a quest that will ultimately put them back in power. Like, yeah, put them in charge of this country. Yeah, and, and while it's possible and okay that they that what the show is telling us and what we are meant to believe is that they will be moral and just rulers, mm-hmm. uh, it. Uh, from a wider perspective is way more complicated than that. Yeah. And difficult to difficult for me to be a hundred percent behind. Yeah. The ongoing conversation about theft is almost like a, 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 a one manifestation of that. Like who is it okay to take from and ultimately Sonic as the core of the, he's like the moral core yeah. of this group anyway, keeps saying, no, that's not okay. Like yeah. Just because they did something, you think they did something bad to you, you can't take from them. You can't, like, it's okay to blow up military bases, but it's not okay to steal from civilians no matter what their, like, current position is. Yeah. It's fraught. Like, it's a very <laughs> ideologically fraught scenario, but yeah. Sonic is the one who is kind of like, we're trying to help here. 
Yeah. And doing that is not helping. Well, I, uh, I had this uh, issue when talking about... Uh, I, ta- I was thinking about Star Wars. Okay, yeah. And thinking about how in some of the extended universe stuff that comes up after the most recent movie that has started coming up after the most recent Mm -hmm. movie uh implies that after the palpatine was taken out of power yeah they sort of fell into this like too terrified to put anybody in charge and then uh ready to put like leia in charge Uh like people start arguing over what's going to happen next what's going to happen and it ends up all coming coming to pieces and falling apart okay but a huge part of uh, especially Claudia Gray's book Bloodline, mm-hmm. is that Leia uh, doesn't technically want to be in charge, but is always one hundred percent sure that the things she's doing that are against the law are the right things to be doing. Yes, and that that are against the law, and that she would not let other people do but uh-huh. because she is the moral and good one. It's okay that she's doing them. Yes, and the Star Wars universe definitely wants you to believe that too. Uh huh. And that's kind of happening here with Sonic Underground, maybe a little. Yeah. Is this like? We have these two, I would say, kind of conflicting messages, which are nobody should have ultimate power. Yep. But Queen Alina is allowed to have as many secrets as she wants and do whatever she wants in pursuit of her individual plan for what she thinks the world should be. Uh Uh-huh. Based on this prophecy, which may or may not actually have mystical origin or and, whatever. And even if it does, we don't know anything about the being that has gifted this prophecy exactly. to the Oracle. We right. have no clue what kind of chaos they could be trying to right. create. Yeah. And so it's this, it, at heart, we're watching a show about a group of people who just think because that they think they are more morally right than what is already in power. And so in pursuit of their idea of morality are trying to put themselves in charge. Yeah. Which uh, somebody has to be in charge. <laughs> right <laughs> well i don't know am i i, I, I this is a really interesting uh moral conundrum well even mobo dune had a mayor i guess yeah uh but they are still shown as being a more socialist <sighs> idea and is that is that what we're supposed to see as paradise are we supposed to assume that mobo dune is more like what the world would be like that's where they're from right uh, that's something i haven't thought that's where that they were much, born. but they were born mm-hmm. and queen alina goes there Yes. So, but is that like her vacation to uh, like Sweden where they have better medicine? Yeah. And she like, mm, I should have my babies there. Yeah, exactly. Where I'll be taken care of. Since I have the privilege to afford the travel. Eesh, I don't know. This is a really good question. I, I, I think um, somebody does have to be in charge. And there is an, like an anti, um, I, what, like an, like an anti-authority sentiment. Mm-hmm. That is harming us, yeah. like harming the world right now, mm-hmm. it, where people are saying like the the rise of authoritarianism and fascism and uh, sorry, I haven't made a joke in like an hour. Yeah, but, sorry, guys. Um, but they like comes out of this sense that like the people in charge are idiots and we should take over. But you're just going to put somebody else in power. Like there is still the like the 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 like power will be consolidated. Yeah. And when you, the, the, the authoritarians rise repeatedly by convincing the people that those in charge are doing a bad job. Yeah. And usually they do that by preventing the people in charge from doing a good job. The <laughs> obstructionist Republican, like Congress over the last eight years has undermined the ability of 
our collective government to do anything good at any kind of scale while people are suffering and losing their jobs and their health and so forth. And they keep saying that like they keep saying government is useless while they make government useless because they know that's not true. They know it's not useless. They know it's extremely useful, but they trick people into thinking, listen, all these idiots, they don't know what they're doing. Let us handle it. We'll clean it up. <laughs> and that's, that is a good analog for what the Sonic Underground is doing and that they are uh, destroying Robotnik's factories and doing things like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, but they're in a different position. Like, uh, sorry. Yeah. I mean, they're not, but they're, they're in a position of perspective. The perspective being that they are better. Right. And well, but, but here's, uh, this is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. There are better ideologies. Yes. Some ideologies are better than others. Mm -hmm. If you are a racist, your ideology is worse than my ideology. <laughs> and that's a fact. Yeah. Like that's a human fact. Yes. And a lot of our modern discourse is harmed by our inability to say, like the, the people who will say there are absolute, like good things in the world are usually the people who have the worst ideas. But they are willing to say, like, my thing is true. Whereas those of us, like, people with progressive upbringings are going, well, maybe not everything is true. How do we know exactly what's good or bad? Well, this guy is saying that he's going to create a Muslim registry, but maybe we should give him a chance. Like, no. And I'm sorry I'm getting carried away. So in, so in Sonic Underground. So in Sonic Underground. What you're saying is that one of Sonic's skills yes. is that he has a... Uh, like a, a confidence and focus in his belief system. I think so. And that, and that like we are having an interesting conversation about Alina as maybe presiding over an imperfect Republic. So we know, but we don't know for sure. We don't know all these things. And we know that Alina was presiding over a system that allowed Robotnik to gain power. And, and and that it had inequality and that all of these things, right? Yes. But that doesn't mean that she wouldn't do a better job than Robotnik is doing right now. Sure. Or that with, with Sonic. I mean, like, that's a super complicated thing. But, like... I'm curious about why, uh, with Mobodune, has she, she'd she been there and she has Mobodune as a... As a... Uh, uh, direct reference yeah and she is the monarch of a country that as far as we can tell has never had any kind of democracy right uh why did she not try to structure after mobo Dune? we don't know why did they have such a capitalist system that allowed for the money to matter so much i think it's a great question and i don't know i can say maybe a, a possibility there is that uh she's in she's in control of a particular country and not the whole world as we have sort of previously yes. not exactly said but kind of thought that yes. maybe this was Mm -hmm. Mobotropolis was, in some sense, the capital of the world. Mobius. Yeah, but that may not be the case. Yeah, it's actually totally possible that she has been having to, like we do, reside in a world that is largely capitalist, requiring your country to, in some way, interact with that, no yeah. matter what. Or that it's on the like the historical progression from one thing to another, and yeah. that like uh, they they have we know they have a monarch, mm -hmm. which is an archaic form of government that like must necessarily give way to something else <laughs> yeah. but hasn't yet yeah. in this case um we don't know i, I mean that, that i think it's super interesting to say when sonic and company take power they need to make sure they don't repeat the mistakes of the past that's i see i think like, that's, that's the, the key thing. yes and the th and and the like anti-authority sentiment 
that has been cultivated by like regressives mm -hmm. all over the world right now mm -hmm. suggests that there's no way to do that. Like they, they just, say there's no very difficult. Yeah. They say there's no way society will ever function properly. The only way to have it function properly is to force it into shape. Mm -hmm. You have to control people. Like that's what they say. Like if somebody looks different from you, you can't control them. You can't trust them. We need to get rid of them. If, if somebody has a different belief system than you, we can't control them. We don't know them. We, ha we can't, we, like, we have to get rid of them. Yeah. And it's this, like, clean up, like, basically saying the world is a vampire <laughs> and it's a mess and we have to stick together. We, the small group of people who know what's what. Of underground rebels. No, not of under, well, <laughs> yes, except they... Uh, <laughs> Yes. No, but I and I totally understand what you're getting at. But, that, but they they yes they might th and there are the, the yes there there can be rebellions of all of all stripes. We have like, to be comfortable saying that that a particular morality is better. Yeah. Absolutely. And in this case, yeah. f with the information we have, the Asonic Underground's morality is significantly better yes. than the morality we have seen Robotnik. And and they're learning their way through it too. Mm -hmm. Like we're seeing these like young people wh whatever age they're supposed to be um like go through this stuff and and come into conflict with themselves and what they used to value or what they the way that they think they should interact with the world and yes. this conflict like this repeated conflict of is it okay to steal or not and from whom and in what circumstances is a like a, a remarkably nuanced exploration of some of of like manic going i used to have to steal to eat yeah and it w and that was okay yeah because in a system where i could only eat if i stole I am justified. Well, it like, starts, it's a moral decision. The episode begins with Max pickpocketing that man. Yeah. And saying, and finding nothing yes. in his wallet. Yes. And saying, it's men like you that make life hard for kids it's like, like me. me. That's it. Like, that's so good. Well, so the interesting part about that moment, <laughs> right, the interesting so part of that weird, moment, that good. line has been used before. Yeah. In a similar context, but I'm thinking about it as having often been used referencing for example that this man obviously is kind of well off he's got mm. a nice terrifying bug pet yeah or he is the pet who we, knows we, <laughs> he's walking a giant caterpillar or being walked by a giant caterpillar but it has like an angry human looking face yeah. i just i i turned to nick during the episode and, and i was like what if that bug turned its head around and was like why are you stealing my pet's wallet <laughs> that because why would we assume that like the one that looks more like a bug is less of a human than the one that looks like a dog yeah or whatever even you know there's a leash but hey what a, i don't know <laughs> yeah there's well i mean because my original thought was it's because the one that's that's like on the leash is the bug yeah but then if you look at the situation uh -huh. the bug doesn't have opposable thumbs uh-huh and the bug is leading yeah. the two of them. So it's possible that this is a well-trained dog person who mm -hmm. has been told to hold the leash so they don't get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and, and, uh, okay, maybe the core of this joke actually was that it was a dog holding a because I think he was a dog. Yeah. That it was a dog holding a leash, and what would a dog have on a leash? I guess a bug. I guess a caterpillar. I guess. <laughs> But I like it. I like our our fiction of maybe the the true the true bearer of the leash yeah. is the one who holds it. Um, <laughs> but oh, back to what I was thinking about that line. The funny thing about that line is it could have been and has been I think before. Uh, oh, a very wealthy person 
steps in mud and splashes an urchin on the street. Yeah. And the urchin's like, it's men like you that make it tough for kids like me because that person's very rich and they're using their money and they're ignoring the people around yes. them. The turn on this joke being that this guy who doesn't have any money <laughs> is actually the problem. Men like you who do not carry money around. Yeah. Yeah. You're wealthy enough to have a, a, yourself leashed to a caterpillar. <laughs> But you're not wealthy enough to carry some pocket change for me to th- for me to pick pocket. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked Max a lot. Oh man, I liked yeah, I liked him all right. Uh, I'm um, excited to see if he stays with the crew. I'm excited to see the crew grow. Yeah, but so far we keep seeing people liberated from their circumstances or drafted into the underground, but then they don't stick around. Like we don't we we didn't see the Latours in this episode. Yeah, I, and I'm excited to maybe see the Latours again. Yeah. I want to see them again. I want to see Max come back. Yeah. I, I want to see them build on this network they're creating. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, and I also want that bug to turn around and talk. <laughs> I have such a strong vision of that creature talking to me. Um, uh, you want to do some speed reading? I think we should. Yeah. Well, speaking of what the heck is going on in the in the Sonic world, maybe we should consult the history book and do a little speed reading. Speed reading. <laughs> What do you have for me today, Nick? Welcome to Storytime, Caleb. I'm going to continue reading from uh, the book Sonic the Hedgehog, the official novel of the game of the world, Mobius. Where? <laughs> the the novel, the game, the, the movie, the experience, the, dream, the book. The book. Um, we're going to read uh, We're going to read chapter 1 of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, published in 1993, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, as you may remember, the last episode we read the prologue where we learned that things were not always uh, bad in Mobius. So bad in Mobius, and uh, how could such a terrible thing happen to such a wonderful place? Wait one second. I'm gonna put on my slippers, my beautiful Ooh, yes. slippers. I'm gonna put Everyone, on my big coat. I'm get, gonna get, curl up comfortable. I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm get, gonna get your coziest. Storytime jammies on everybody. It's time mm-hmm. for juice and jammies. Juice and jammies. <laughs> juice and jammies story time with Nicholas. Here we are. Thank you, Nicholas. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Chapter one. Years ago, when things were right on Mobius, there lived a hedgehog named Sonic and a boy named Robotnik. When things were right? When things were right on Mobius. And wow. Robotnik was a boy. Wow. Okay, we are... Hey, go. Does that mean Sonic and Robotnik are the same age? I certainly hope not. <laughs> How topical. <laughs> they existed as children at the same time? Okay, wow. Okay, let's just... Here. Keep going. Here we go. Uh, there lived a hedgehog named Sonic and a boy named Robotnik. Sonic the Hedgehog was a seven-year-old orphan. <laughs> he lived with his uncle Chuck. Robotnik was 15 and also an orphan. <gasps> Robotnik is only eight, eight years, years older, older than, than Sonic? And they were both orphans? This is very Batman and Joker for me this right now. This is a little too Batman and Joker. Okay, let's find out more. He lived with Uncle Chuck too? What? Whoa. <laughs> what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, so they both were orphans that lived with Uncle Chuck? They both lived with Uncle Chuck? Sonic went back in time and raised Robotnik? I don't think 
Wow. And himself as brothers? I I am so glad we're going on this journey together, and I appreciate everyone being here. And it's entirely possible that we have made some wildly incorrect assumptions about what the heck is going on in Sonic the Hedgehog universe. No, but... I think I think everything we've said has definitely been 100% right. Oh, okay, then. Good. I think Uncle Chuck is, is, is definitely, definitely, definitely time Sonic travel Sonic. The... Have yeah. you seen that mustache? <laughs> have you seen the way that he looks? Definitely, definitely, definitely time yeah, travel Yeah, it's glued on for sure. Otherwise, otherwise, okay, all right. So and- Sonic's an orphan and just happens to be found by... A hedgehog that looks just like him and starts calling him Uncle Chuck. Like, Bingo. Yeah, like, oh, 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 oh sure. Oh, yeah, that oh, happened. Hey, Sonic, my name's uh, Ch- Ch- Chuck. <laughs> my name's Chuck. My name's Sawchuck. I'm I'm Sawchuck, <laughs> but you can just you can just call me Chuck. Uncle Chuck. I'm your uncle because I'm a blue hedgehog too. This is your brother Robotnik, and I'm going to foster a sense of hatred between the two <laughs> of you from as early as possible. Okay. Well, the story goes on to address that topic. Let's go. Even as children, Sonic and Robotnik did not get along. I'm telling you, Uncle Chuck was Uncle Chuck was making sure of that. Whew, wow, wow. To perpetuate the endless cycle of conflict that yes. brings him any kind of like joy in this world. Mm-hmm, that was his that that's the only <laughs> thing that makes him feel alive. Oh my god. Robotnik was only interested in building robots. He would spend his days working with mechanical parts in Uncle Chuck's backyard. He wanted to build robots that would do anything he asked. This is so. This is exactly we what we are, talked about. This, yeah. we, we were just talking about this. I haven't read this book actually. Yeah, we're me just neither. Reading it right off, like this is live. We are encountering the truth of our speculation, like live on tape. I wonder how canon this book is. You know what? One hundred percent. Um, it's one hundred percent canon. Let's keep going. Pretty much everything that I take in about Sonic the Hedgehog is, is now one hundred percent canon. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wanted to build robots that would do anything he asked. Sonic was only interested in running as fast as he could. <laughs> Every day he practiced. At the end of most days, he fell right into bed. I bet a lot of people would have said that uh, Dr. Robotnik was destined for great things and Sonic would never amount to anything. I bet you're right. All that kid does is run. <laughs> now that boy. Sonic, could you just sit still for one second and learn an algebra? Yeah, that boy. <laughs> that boy's an advanced calculator. That boy just made an artificial intelligence. Be more like your brother, Sonic. <laughs> like your brother. brother they are they're foster brothers what the heck your your big brother is breaking the law asimov's laws uh. your, big brothers, <laughs> your big brother broke asimov's laws by the age of 15 and all you do is <laughs> run around you haven't even broken one law you refuse to break any laws except the speed limit you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay look okay all right i got i got a closet full of speeding tickets that's all i got from you you your brother your brother made a toaster that can talk why can't you be more like your brother why can't you be more like your brother sonic i'm you from the future came back in time to raise you i need to make sure i i harass you the same way people harassed me so that i turn out the same (laughs) i gotta close the loop why don't you just slow down for a second sonic wink wink i know that that's your trigger and it's gonna keep you going as fast as you possibly can i'm uncle chuck I'm Uncle Chuck. I'm Uncle Chuck. I'm Uncle Chuck, and I am perpetuating a cycle of personal abuse. <laughs> oh my god, this is rough. This what is, a- is our podcast about? <laughs> what okay, it's our podcast about. What is our podcast? I'm having a crisis of faith. Please keep reading. Okay, we're good. Here we go. There's a section break, which is five dots, and then in, in all caps and italics, it says Zoom. Sonic streaked across his Uncle Chuck's backyard in a blue blur. He was headed for Uncle Chuck's workshop. Sonic was a short blue hedgehog. 
He had sharp pointy spines. The spines ran from the top of his head all the way down his back. They're sharp. From my head to my back. All my spines are blue. <laughs> my neck. My, my back, neck. That's what I'm trying My to- hedgehog spines my <laughs> We are going to jail. <laughs> I'm in jail already. Uncle Chuck looked like Sonic. Except that Uncle Chuck had bushy white eyebrows and a thick white mustache. It's right here. He looks just he looks like, like Sonic. Sonic. Um, also, also, could you? <laughs> it's, just like, it's so sweet of you to come do this podcast with me in jail. <laughs> I appreciate them having me. Yeah. <laughs> it's really tough to do a podcast through this, this like thick glass wall. Yeah, but um, luckily. Plastic wall. Luckily, love for Sonic prevails. Love, mm-hmm. love for Sonic finds a way. Yeah. Uncle Chuck was a great inventor. Sonic was very proud of his uncle. Hey, Uncle Chuck, said Sonic as he stepped into the workshop. Smoke curled from the soles of Sonic's sneakers. Wait. <laughs> as he stepped into the workshop, which means he blasted in. <laughs> his shoes are smoking. Uncle Chuck was an inventor. Yeah. Which means I bet Robotnik was his favorite. This little inventor boy, this little inventor boy who was maybe smarter than you. Like, you'd be so proud. Nobody's smarter than me. Um, Not you. I'm talking look, so- you. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one will ever surpass no my power. Ever, no one can, no one can outdo me. Um, looks like you burned out another pair of sneakers," said Uncle Chuck. "You're just too fast for your own shoes." <laughs> you bet, Uncle Chuck," said Sonic, proud of himself. <laughs> With a whoosh, Sonic sped out of the workshop. Uncle Chuck clicked on his stopwatch. He's testing him. Yeah. Uncle Chuck is testing Sonic. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're too fast. And Sonic's like, oh, yeah? I'm definitely too fast. Like, he's Uncle pushing Chuck, him. He's trying to make sure that he's ready. Uncle Chuck's like, uh-huh. Let me see how fast you can go. Mm-hmm. Let's, see if I can, let's see if I can improve mm-hmm. on me. There's a shot, like, in the Royal Tenenbaums where he's looking in the mirror. Like a like the tennis man, the tennis boy from uh, the tennis Tenenbaum is looking in the mirror, but it's Uncle Chuck. And he, he, he gets the razor and he shaves off his mustache. And it's like, there he is. There's old Sonic. That's been Sonic the whole time. But then he, it's not like the Royal Tenenbaums because then he just runs real fast. Well, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> a more, I'm, I've never seen the Royal Tenenbaums, but, but a more, a more positive interpretation of this maybe yes. is that Sonic has gone back in time and has over time improved upon himself. Like that Sonic was not, Maybe maybe a hundred Sonics ago, he wasn't fast. He wasn't fast enough. Yeah. He wasn't fast enough to stop Robotnik. And and Uncle Chuck, Uncle Chuck, who is Sonic, realizes that Robotnik's gonna like take over regardless. He yeah. can't stop Robotnik. And and the more important thing can't 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 stop the bot. He can't go back in time and just somehow stop this robot genius as a child. But instead, he is cultivating himself. To eventually stop Robotnik after he's like proved, like maybe Uncle Chuck is trying at the same time to raise Robotnik right. Yeah, he's trying to go like, "Hey, Bud, just love people, why don't you?" And not make servants. Could you do me a favor and like love people for a second? What if you made something that wasn't just for your own, like furthering your own needs? Mm-hmm. What if you made something for someone else? And by the way, Sonic, are you sure you're fast enough? <laughs> because well- <laughs> if this doesn't work out right again, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually interesting is uh, we could run into a situation where Sonic successfully stops Robotnik in the future, not feeling the impetus to go back in time and thereby missing the opportunity to have to have stopped Robotnik from ever becoming a problem at all. Because the only time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's keep going. This is the worst. Okay. 
Uncle Chuck clicked on his stopwatch. Trees and bushes swayed from the wind Sonic made as he zoomed around the neighborhood. Stop making wind. Stop breaking wind, uh, Sonic. A group of children playing nearby... (laughs) A a group of children playing nearby... Held their noses and were like, P.U. This... The book is about to make a joke itself, if you just let it. Mm, I bet mine was better. A group of children playing nearby were blown off their feet. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. By the smell. What was that? Asked one of the children. I don't know. Said another. But it was blue, and it sure was fast. (laughs) I liked, was he a turtle? Yeah, he was a turtle. I liked him. A few seconds later, Sonic returned to Uncle Chuck's workshop. What's around the neighborhood? Said Sonic. How did I do? Uncle Chuck clicked off his stopwatch. 4.2 seconds, he said. Not Not fast enough to stop the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to get that down to 3.8 if you want to save the world. Believe me, I know. (laughs) (laughs) When I didn't get lower than 4.2, everyone I loved died. (laughs) I slammed it. (laughs) I tried to slip underneath a metal door as it was shutting, and instead I cracked both my legs in half because they didn't make it quite in time. Oh, no. My life is a tragedy. My life is a tragedy, and so is yours. We're one and the same. Back to the story. 4.2 seconds, he said. Not bad, my boy. Not bad at all. The smoke from Sonic's sneakers was thicker than before. (laughs) One of these days, I've got to invent a a pair of special sneakers for you, said Uncle Chuck. Mm. Sneakers that can handle your incredible speed. Sneakers that are red and white with a little gold buckle. (laughs) With seatbelts on them. Seatbelts on them. What are you working on now? Asked Sonic. I just finished inventing this magic power ring, said Uncle Chuck. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa, and it's, yeah, it's sharp. There's an illustration of Uncle Chuck holding a, 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 a mallet in a workshop with sort of uh, generalized um, scientific tubing around a light bulb. And he's holding up a, a, a power ring. Which is more like a wedding band, yeah. than like a than like a round ring. Like a, they're it's not a torus. Depicted. It's not a torus. It's it's um, uh, uh, a wheel. It's it's a wheel with sharp edges, and he's holding it up, and it's glowing. And Sonic is looking at it with a kind of foreboding. I think he's like, "Oh no, I feel weirdly drawn to this, but also like it's going to dictate the rest of my life." I guess I. There's, I think you just made only one of these, but I suddenly feel like I need to have a hundred. I of think them. maybe I'd better get a hundred of these, but I'd better put them in my loosest pocket wherever I have pockets, so that if I ever bump into anything sharp, all of my rings fall out. Because I like the thrill of the hunt more than the satisfaction of s- success. That's a lot of things for this little seven-year-old to be thinking. Yeah, Let's but I, I kind of read that in his eyes. Yeah, I think that is kind of in the face. Um, this is a book for grown-ups. Uh. I just finished inventing this magic power ring, said Uncle Chuck. He handed Sonic a golden ring. It glowed with a strange yellow light. What does it do? Asked Sonic. It would increase... Why did I smoke before this conversation? Why why was I smoking? What does it do? (laughs) It will increase your speed and power, Sonic, explained Uncle Chuck. But it will work only for you. Someone called from the backyard. 
is that going to work for me? Said Robotnik. <laughs> I'm just curious, but you just, made something. I'm just curious if that's going to work for me too, because I'm looking for a good backstory so that I can be a bad guy. I, I need a good source of power. Is that one? <laughs> I, I, need, I need something that will make me, specifically me and not specifically Sonic, stronger and faster, or else I'm turning evil immediately, so that I better be mine. If I don't have a good source of renewable energy, I'm going to have to bind biology into service. <laughs> Weird how all of that was just right it's there weird. in the book. Weird. And it's weird how when the music is not playing, the the that we're not reading from the book, but the music kept playing that whole time. Yeah. Like it was definitely in the book. <laughs> uh someone called from the backyard. Hey Chuck, bring me the turbo wrench, will you? That's my favorite 13 year old voice. He already went through puberty. Yeah. He went through Robo Buberty. Robo Buberty. <laughs> well we already know he doesn't get any taller. Well. Robotnik, groaned Sonic. Robotnik. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, am I doing more of a manic than a Sonic? No, that was good to go. Let's, that, that one was okay. Robotnik, groaned Sonic. You know, Uncle Chuck, I think he steals parts from your equipment. Then he uses them for his dumb little robots. Wow. Oh, I don't know. What have you done, Sonic? Said Uncle Chuck. He's all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Chuck trusted everyone. Uncle Chuck is oh. whoa. Uncle Chuck is doing his best. Wow. He's like, I mean, I, I guess that kid's He's probably fine. fine. He's a, that's, that is a bad dad. Wow. Does he only raise these two kids? And he's like, to one of the kids, who, you mean that one? <laughs> who? I don't know. Hmm, he's fine, I guess. I bet that guy's cool. He's 14. Back that's to work. That's a 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy working on this ring, Sonic. Would you take the turbo wrench out to Robotnik? I love that he's called Robotnik, that he doesn't have another name. That, no, like, that's his that's name. his first name. <sighs> Robert Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, well, what if this is actually kind of cute and Robotnik told them all, like, I'm going by Robotnik now. Right. And Uncle Chuck is like, so, like, okay. Just, okay, fine. All right. And, and he, you. like, Sonic was like, I'm not going to call you Robotnik. Your name's Robert. Yeah, I, now I'm going to call you Robotnik because I'm a teaser. Yeah, I'm like a teaser and that's, like, my thing and it's really cool. Here, you got to get <laughs> Um. Would you take the turbo wrench out to Robotnik? Okay, said Sonic, scowling. But I'm doing it for you, not for him. Sonic took the wrench and zipped out into the backyard in the blink of an eye. What took you so long, Slowpoke? Asked Robotnik. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do a, a, an adolescent voice for Robotnik. I guess I can. Robotnik, how many steroids are you taking? Oh, it took you so long, Slowpoke. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's the voice. Yeah, there he is. There he is. <laughs> do it. Adolescent shaming. No, we just start over now. Oh, it took you so long, Slowpoke. <laughs> oh, it took you so long, Slowpoke. Asked Robotnik. He grabbed the turbo wrench. That's my <laughs> Give me that Sonic shook his head Then he zoomed out of the backyard He went looking for someone who was more fun to play with Jeez <laughs> oh, I would have gone looking for someone who was more fun to play with oh After gosh. I met Sonic Jesus. Oh man Robotnik turned back to the robot he was working on This was the tenth robot he had built <gasps> That day So this is the tenth robot Which makes it I think Not Proto Man but not Metal Man, not Wood Man, but <laughs> the tenth one is the first. That's the first boss of of the of, like after you beat the the eight main robots. Then mm-hmm. you there's like the first boss, and then there's a second boss. That would be the tenth robot, and then you fight Robotnik himself. 
If you're the blue guy. Dr. Dr. Wildbotnik. Yeah, if you're the blue guy. Mm-hmm. Robotnik turned back. <laughs> Wait, do you think do you think this is before or after Dolores woke up for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> Is Uncle Chuck really Arnold? (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Chuck was, finally, we know who Arnold is. Let it be revealed. Um, This was the 10th robot he had built. The first nine each worked for a little while. Then they stopped. Some just blew up. And some committed mass murder of all the other robots. God. The remains of the first nine robots sat in a junk pile in the corner of the backyard. Uh All of Robotnik's failures did not stop him from trying. That's a good thing. That's like a positive trait. I need steering parts for this robot, he said to himself. Steering parts? Yeah. <laughs> like a wheel? Then it will be finished. Now, where can I get steering parts? <laughs> oh, he needs, he's going to take the ring to make it a, he just needs a steering wheel. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> do we need to take a break? We, listen, we've gone pretty long. Do you want to, let's do a little intermission. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so with that. With that amazing cliffhanger, he needs the steering parts, and he's definitely going to steal that wheel, but we'll find out next week. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a train wreck. It's so good. This this book this is book. awesome. And this is really filling our our uh, our narrative up, you know? Oh, my God. I, this Uncle Chuck is Sonic thing has really broken it open for me. I'm really glad. Uh, I hope that it's um, revealed in time that I have been right about everything. This yeah. has been. This that's this is going to be the plot of the 2018 movie. It's Uncle Chuck. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be 2018 Sonic the Hedgehog Uncle Chuck revealed. The grim reboot. Uncle Tr- yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. They, and they're going to finally hire us to write it. But hey, finally. Hey, Hollywood? Uh Hollywood, it's been 8 weeks. It's me it's, <laughs> it's me Dr. Solutions. Would you just get on the phone with me so that I can put down my hand instead of and instead of talking to a real phone? <laughs> hey Hollywood, I've played one game and I've watched some of one of the shows and I'm a Sonic genius. Basically a Sonic genius. Hey. And remember me, I came up with Slidesdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're the Slidesdale guy? Yeah, it's one of the things on my extensive resume. That horse definitely should have been named Slidesdale. Thank you so much. And your movie should definitely be written by me. Well, it, it, it might as yeah, here you go. Here's a contract. We did it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know what? Thanks thanks to all the people who did all the music. Uh, thanks to <laughs> Bulby, who did uh, eight tracks on this episode. We love you, Bulby. <laughs> and uh, Dave, Dave Duncan, Duncan. Goodnight Productions. We love you. You, you just really the nailed song. it for the theme song. It's so, so good. Um, and thanks to everybody who has tweeted and talked about the show. Uh, we're doing this one a week in advance, so I don't know who all you are, but it, I'm just going to... Yeah. Take some guesses. Uh, somebody who has a, a Pokemon icon. Somebody who uh, somebody who is smiling in their picture. Somebody whose bio includes the words Lincoln bio, ironically. Ugh, somebody So funny. <laughs> somebody who, uh, I mean, like, yeah, just somebody everyone. who has somebody who has um, touched up Kermit the Frog in Photoshop so that he looks like Sonic the Hedgehog instead, which is what I'm about to do when and, we yeah, finish wrapping up with me, this. Excuse me, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, everyone. I'm Caleb uh, Zane Hewitt. I'm Nick Splendor. And, and you're two show. <laughs> I was like, we can't just we gotta get out of here. <laughs> 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 <laughs>